Welcome to Recollections from a Tiny Apartment. Um, this is officially um, episode one. Uh, today I just want to discuss kind of my love affair for music. Um, probably a lot of what you'll hear is not going to be super groundbreaking or anything like that, but it's just a, a recollection and a retelling of kind of where I've come from. Um, so I guess I need to start back um, probably in my childhood. Um, my grandfather played the upright bass, and I distinctly remember listening to like a Johnny Cash record um, that he had. Um, so it was, I definitely remember like in their their apartment, my grandparents' apartment, uh, listening to that record. So that was a that was a pretty fun memory. Um, and then I was always kind of drawn to hip hop, even though in elementary school is more so like MC Hammer and, and Criss Cross. Um, that was and tag team, I guess, um, is some of the ones that were pretty G rated, I guess. Um, didn't really get into anything bigger than that, um, I would say, until I got 36 chambers on tape um I was still very young but I just remember I played that tape over and over and over again and it just really kind of changed my I guess outlook on music it was it's still the album to this day that there's zero skips it's just a super influential album um to the point where I have Wu-Tang tagged on me, you know, tattooed on me, rather. Um, I guess it could be tagged, too. But, uh, uh, tagged, too. Like, tattoo. Um, that's the kind of witty banter that you get here. Um, but anyways. Um, and then from from then, I, I had a pretty strict um, listening. Um, well, my, my parents would only let me listen to country or jazz. <laughs> so oftentimes I would make like mixtapes uh, off the radio from Power 92 and kind of keep them in secret. Um, Power 92.3 was our hip hop station out here. Um, you know, they were playing radio hits, you know, Puff Daddy, Biggie, Tupac, stuff like that um, at the time. But on Friday nights, they would play like underground cuts of like really dope hip hop that, that I was super into. So um started doing that um i remember my i I don't know if we were friends per se but like an acquaintance he i thought he was super cool he come from the east coast so he would come into like even uh middle school with like l.o beans and timberlands you know and his his folder would have cutouts from like source and double xl magazines of like red man and wu-tang you know so like that's the kind of cool that I wanted to be. And I don't know if I ever got there, but I mean, it's cool that I didn't. Um, but it was just something that I noticed. There was just like an effortlessly cool aura around him that I strive to be. Like he wasn't, he wasn't mean to a lot of people. He was just kind of, he just knew that he was, he was dope, you know? And, and I always kind of thought that was cool. Um, and then Getting into uh, high school, um, I really started getting into like the like the underground um, 
like Anacon was a super big one. Um, and, and up until this point, I, you know, I was just listening to the hip hop that I heard on the radio, you know, and, and back then I would say 80% of what they played on the radio was dope still, right? There was doper out there, but it was still super dope to listen to. Um, you know, you had Eminem getting on the radio for the first time. You had, you know, some some dope Jay-Z tracks, uh, Biggie, Tupac, you know, stuff like that. That Now I look back, and even though it was critical at the time because it was just so, you know, I was fighting against the mainstream, um, I still think it's dope now. And the stuff that I listen to, but a lot of my friends... Um, we're listening to like Anacon, Buck 65, Sage Francis, like stuff like that, that I, I didn't know a whole lot about, you know? Um, I remember my, uh, my friend who lived down the street and, and I guess before I jump into that, um, so I grew up in a pretty, uh, really small town city in Arizona called Apache Junction. Uh, and if you're not from Arizona, you probably wouldn't understand, but maybe you do, but, um, Apache Junction's, there's not a whole lot of culture out there. Um, it's a very beautiful land. I mean, the Superstition Mountains is where me and my wife got married. So there's a lot of, a lot of pieces that is near and dear to me. Um, but you would think if I was to go to high school or school in Apache Junction, that, you know, I wouldn't have the kind of culture. I wouldn't learn a lot of this, like, really cool, eclectic music. But, you know, back in, the, like, the late 90s, early 2000s, that's that's what it was. Like, I was talking to my friend over the phone uh, the other day, and we were just talking about how I think we were lucky because since it was a smaller school, I mean, there was different kinds of, of kids that were going to school. You know, you had the skateboarders, you had you know, the, the jocks you had, you know, like the, (laughs) the stereotypical kind of class system that that's in high schools. Um, but I distinctly remember that we all kind of hung out at lunch. Like there was one section of tables at lunch and you had the, the punk rock kids and you only had the, the hip hoppers, the skateboarders, the, um, student council, the, the cheerleaders, the jocks, like we, we all hung out together. And I think that's rare. And I don't think maybe that's the case today. I don't really know what high school looks like today other than what's depicted on, on TV. Um, but maybe that, that there is more acceptance than there was, you know, I would say 2010s, you know, I don't know kind of what that looked like then. I just, I felt it was rare and I still feel it's rare to experience what we were able to experience back then. Um, but you know, we all hung out, we all shared, um, music suggestions, you know? Um, but I distinctly remember, um, one of the, (laughs) one of the things that we shared was, you know, burn CDs like my friend down the street, uh, kind of going back in that story from, from before is, yeah, I didn't have a CD burner. So I would be like, Hey, can you burn me a CD? And these are the list of artists that I want. I didn't know any of the songs, but I wanted to, to hear the songs from this particular artist. Like, um, I would say like ill bill, uh, 
Necro was a was a big one. Anacon, like Alias, Soul, uh, Buck sixty five, like like that stuff was like super underground, you know, and it was super dope. But I distinctly remember A Wall One um, was a was a like kind of a newer. I think he's from the Shapeshifters crew, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. I could be mistaken on that, but I remember. His album was all the rage, right? And it was like the first time I felt like um, I felt like everybody was kind of gatekeeping this artist a little bit, um, wherein they didn't want him to get super popular. They wanted him to kind of be this like underground gem that we all knew. And I thought that was pretty cool. It was my first time experiencing that because up until this point, everybody's like, "Hey, have you heard of Peanut Butter Wolf?" You know, and I remember <laughs> my buddy uh, Derek, you know, in, in social studies, I believe it's social studies or history, you know, he played Peanut Butter Wolf for our teacher, you know, and then in English class, like uh, I would let my English teacher borrow like Swollen Members, you know, back before, you know, Mad Child kind of went off the rails a little bit there. But, um, you know, just stuff like that where... I felt like we were encouraged to be ourselves and to kind of provide these different like <laughs> um, songs to even like our teachers, you know, so it was like a, a really cool like sharing experience. Um, I just have always loved hip hop. Something about it has always kind of spoke to me in a way that not a lot of music does um, and still doesn't. Right. Um, even after after high school, you know, I would still see a lot of my friends at community college and they would, you know, toss me a, a burn CD of like Eminence in Infinite album, you know, that a lot of us didn't know he had an album before the Marshall Mathers, you know, um, or the Slim Shady uh, albums, you know. So, you know, to hear that and, and to kind of be exposed to, to, to deeper cuts of like, um, you know, uh, Sage Francis was a huge one. Um, and just kind of, kind of expanding my knowledge there was, was such a cool time. Um, such a rare time because there wasn't a lot of places you could go to find new music. It wasn't at the, in the palm of our hand to just hop on and, and find someone new, you know, um, you had to know someone that knew like this little piece of knowledge that they're willing to share with you. So I, I just think it was a super cool time. Um, you know, I started writing at this point. You know, I started, <laughs> me and my friends would, like, freestyle battle on paper, um, which is, now that I look back at it, it doesn't take a whole lot of skill to do that, but it's something we enjoy doing. So we'd pass around a, a paper and we would just start, you know, uh, roasting each other with with, with bars on there. <laughs> um, so we'd pass around that Um Another thing I did, I would hop on AOL uh, message boards and I would, you know, start start battling these cats from all over the place, you know, and like you would write a write like, you know, a little little bar here and then you would log off and you would come back to see if anybody responded to it. You know, and there's so many times I would just meet people. I mean, people that I haven't stayed in touch with, which, which is unfortunate. But I remember there was a period of time where, you know, I would just have like this you know, this AOL instant message kind of group of just like MCs, right? And I just thought it was a cool time. 
like we were just sharpening our skill like writing you know and <laughs> i just i thoroughly enjoyed it as cheesy as it sounds um but yeah i would you know i wanted to be a rapper i would you know download uh instrumentals from mp3.com um I would play them in my car with with some buddies. You know, I remember distinctly listening to the the tried by uh, tried by twelve um, uh, instrumental, which is still like an absolute banger to this day. And I just tried a freestyle, and I was absolute crap at it. Like I was not good at it at all. But I I wanted that. I wanted to make writing like a huge part of my life. Um, that quickly transitioned to once I realized I, I wasn't a rapper, that's when I transitioned to like spoken word poetry, you know, after I heard like Buddy Wakefield, after I heard Saul Williams, you know, um, like poetry death jam shit, you know, and like and then it creeped into like other avenues of music which I was getting into. I remember I got to open up for uh Bradley Hathaway at this like house in Phoenix. You know, he signed my writing notebook, you know, and all I did was reach out and be like, hey, do you need some openers and on MySpace? And he said, yeah. And so I got to do that. It was super dope. But I was like, not good. Like, I, I have a hard time memorizing lines. So that's always been something I feel like that's kind of held me back a little bit. Not sure. Uh I'm cool with it at this point because I'm not a not a full time writer or a spoken word poet anymore. Like I've given, I've hung up the mic and and got a new mic for for podcasting and just kind of talking about memories and shit. Um, so I'm I'm pumped to be able to do this. But I remember, you know, I I just daydreamed about I'm gonna write a book. I'm gonna have an album. You know, like all this stuff. You know, and I had really cool engagements here and there. You know, I got to meet a lot of dope people that that helped me along my writing um path you know i um there was a local band um handcrafted and then in world honor like uh casey barris he you know he recorded a bunch of my shit you know i got to do stuff with uh asu um like young life out there that was super dope you know um a lot of it was kind of like within the church realm you know but there was other times where i would I remember I went to like a local hip hop show when when our local hip hop uh, scene was super dope. Um, but a buddy of mine, you know, I, I met him as a friend and or as a fan, and now he's a friend. You know, I will go to his shows, and he helped record a lot of my like early spoken word pieces. Um, you know, like uh, just those types of moments that just felt really cool. And I felt really happy about like what I was doing. You know, I remember I would go over to his house and, and I would just, you know, we would just shoot the shit talking about the latest Aesop Rock album, you know, whether we liked it, whether we didn't, you know, and then, you know, just having those moments where writing and art kind of bonded us, um, you know, and then I would uh, transition that to, you know, doing a lot of things with the church I was going to, you know, and then maybe later on I'll, I'll delve into like kind of like my spiritual background and kind of deconstruction and what I no longer believe in and what I no longer want to be a part of, you know, but uh, I'm not sure I'm ready to do that yet. So I think this would be a cool little easy introduction. Um, so 
I just wanted to kind of give like a background of of kind of my my love affair with music and and kind of how it's it's transformed and how it's still a thing you know I I'm lucky to to be able to be in contact with a lot of those cats that that showed me what dope shit is you know um and you know I don't I don't know if that's always the case you know you fall out of touch you know but I recently got in touch with a couple like really good friends from like my I would say the golden era of hip-hop days you know and where like music bonded us you know and we're still friends you know even they live in different states you know you know Oregon and and uh, uh Louisiana you know like I I just think it's super dope that um, music can do that. You know, it can be the the foundational building block to, to something really, really cool. Um, and something that I'm really looking forward to is my buddy who I was a fan of and I became a friend and helped, um, you know, uh, kind of push me along the, the road to, to do better. He, I mean, he's, he used to make beats, you know, he's just a dope rapper lyricist you know mc like and now his son is making beats you know and and there's a possibility i'll get to to use one of of their collabed beats uh for the 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 intro and the outro of this podcast you know so stuff like that where it's uh kind of a connecting point and, and generational even so i i just wanted to, to kind of take a time um kind of lay it all out i know i'm talking in circles but i'm trying to be as authentic and as transparent as possible with a lot of these and i figure what what other uh what other better place to start than 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 with music right kind of yeah i I don't know you don't meet a lot of people that say i don't like music right so to be able to have um like a history a personal history lesson and, and recapturing those moments where music really uh, transcended everything, you know, and although the dreams I once have are, are no longer the dreams that I do have, uh, I, I, I will say that, uh, I don't regret any moment of it. I, I love it so much and, you know, um, I'll always, I'll always love it. Like, you know, when I pass, we're playing fucking Wu-Tang, you know, at my, at my funeral. Like, I don't care. It's a, it, that's a big a part of me as anything else and if not bigger and it always will be and um it's just you know it it's just cool to see you know and it's cool to see that something you know i always go back to to wu-tang or like mf doom but i mean what other group could have such a dope series you know uh on hulu than than wu-tang right so and, and to be done so well and to capture kind of the essence and the mystique and the, you know, just the aura that is everybody in the Wu-Tang Clan. You know, they almost seem bigger than life. You know, same with MF Doom. You know, when when I found out that Doom died, you know, in 2020, it was like the, the capping off of like a really shitty year, you know. And then, you know, we got a couple more shitty years tacked onto that, you know, in different ways. But, um you know, it was there. It was like, man, he just feels like a larger-than-life persona. And sometimes I don't feel like he's even gone because I feel like he is, his presence is everywhere, um, which is really odd to say. But I think a lot of these these hip-hop icons, these music icons, they're, 
they're just aura is so much bigger than the actual person, you know, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing and probably something to unpack at therapy, you know, but um, yeah, I just wanted to kind of give it like a, like a personal history lesson of kind of like my upbringing and, and kind of my love affair with, with music and my continued love affair with music and, and, and to keep me accountable because I don't want to be, I don't want to be an old head that only listens to like old music and is not willing to accept or listen to new music because I feel like that's really important for a lot of us too to to embrace the new you know like I was just having a conversation with my buddy the other day if we uh if some of our favorite lyricists were on the the beats that exist today um because some of the beats back in the day were just they're kind of flat <laughs> kind of boring they're not there's not a lot of dynamics um but it helped out because the lyrics carried the songs, you know, and the, the rhyme scheme and the, the voice and the persona. Um, but if if we could, like, take those dope lyricists and put them on some of the modern day beats, that would be wild. Because I, I feel like that would be the, the perfect meshing of it all. Um, but, yeah, I think um, I think I'll probably uh, uh, in this one, it's kind of one I've been thinking about Um to, to start it off for for a while because uh, it's something to easy to hop into and to kind of gather my thoughts around uh, or I hope it translates that well of kind of like the the linear storytelling of kind of my, my love affair with music but I think uh, um, you know I'll delve into some some probably more fun topics before I get into some some, some potentially heavy and and uh uh, difficult topics for me. Um, I need to make sure the timing is right to jump into the spiritual deconstruction one. Um, one, I want to make sure that I have the opportunity to um, make sure that, <laughs> I mean, a lot of people know where I'm at uh, spiritually, um, but there's some that don't in my life. And I want to make sure that I have a chance to have that conversation with them um, before they hear it in a podcast format. Uh, it is something that I want to talk about, and I'll probably have guests on to talk about it, um, but I want to do it right and respectfully. Um, last thing I want to do is cause heartache, and I, I think I'm over the bitter stage of that, that deconstruction process. Um, at least I hope I am. Um, I know that sometimes there are some trigger points for me, um, so uh, I want to I handle those with as much positivity and, and joy Um as I possibly can. Um, but yeah, until then, thanks for listening. Um, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Peace.